0: Good morning. It's good to see you. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Craig. It's my privilege to uh, be preaching this morning, be one of the elders here at Grace Cove. And uh, so welcome. Trust you're doing well. Uh, Anka, thank you for sharing your heart. What a wonderful story. You know how cool it was, is that I met Unka's dad. I nearly said uh, Mr. Tregenza, but that's a few years out of date, isn't it? We we all know Mr. Tregenza. But I met uh, Anka's dad last week. How cool was that? Uh, Thank you for opening your heart to us, Uh, really touching. I'm so excited, the guys, the music guys have been on point this morning, I can't wait to preach and uh, it's all going to line up wonderfully and uh, God is going to minister to us in a special way. Uh, Wawa and Zandia send their greetings, they had to rush off to the Eastern Cape, they have family property down there and there was all sorts of trouble in the village And so for those of you that know Coffee Bay, that's where they are for the weekend. Shame, right? Um, But uh, just, you know what it's like to own, it's it's his father's land, and uh, they've had to go and care for it and look after it. and So please pray for them. They're having to find staff and uh, maintenance people and all sorts. And uh, so keep them in your prayers. They'll be back on Tuesday. But uh, when we spoke over the weekend a few times, they were just like, man, we've, we've got a lot to still do. So keep them in your prayers, uh, will you? And then just some family news that uh, I need to share with you this morning. So we have a few people here at Grace Cove who have served well but who are feeling as though their season is coming to an end. And so over the next number of weeks, uh, you'll be able to say goodbye to people. And that's always sad. It always makes us think, hang on, what's going on? But the truth is that God moves his people where he wants them to go, right? And as long as we're all following Jesus, then we can stay on track. And so uh, uh, we have different guys in different stages, but we just felt, let's Bring it out this morning, then everyone knows what's going on, and you have a chance to say your goodbyes if that's the case. So uh, this morning we say farewell to Tefo and Tsebojo, and uh, also Amo and Siamo and JP and Nandi over the next little while. They have all felt, they've come and met with us as elders, have all felt that their season here at Grace Cove is coming to an end. They all, we've probed hard, uh, they've all guaranteed that there are no issues, just a sense of God moving them from one season to to another. And uh, that's fine. Um, As we've chatted uh, many times, as we've chatted, they're still waiting on the Lord as to what their next steps are. They've got some inklings, but uh, pray for them because they need to follow Jesus like we heard this morning, right? And uh, so we've chatted a lot. And can I just say, it's okay, all right? Um, As the Lord leads, we want to follow And so um, over the next couple of weeks, you'll see them around, make sure you greet and say goodbye, we walk with them, we trust God for their future. And um, as they figure it out, uh, as they follow Jesus, um, it's always easier if I could tell you, okay, so this is the next step, Uh, truth is, we don't know, but we do know that they love Jesus, that they love Grace Cup Church, they've served so faithfully here over many years, and so we are thankful to each of these couples for all they've done. Uh, over all of this time, and I could go into all the details, but you guys know them. They're our friends, right? We know them. They're on your cell phone. We know them, right? They've served well. They've been a blessing here at Grace Cup, been a blessing even beyond this church. We've done trips together and outreaches and all sorts. So we do want to say thank you so much to them. We say a fond farewell. We pray as they go, and uh, feel free to chat to them, chat to the leaders, but chat to them and and, uh, find out their stories, wish them well as they go. Cool. So that's the the family update. And in a sense, we've always felt that Grace Cove should be a place of comings and goings, right? People come, they get equipped, and then hopefully they're able to go to the next season in their life if God calls them beyond. And um, so that's my uh, uh, role this morning, just to let you know what's going on. So we're all on the know. Rather than Kind of surprise or, or find a surprise, nothing hidden, everything's fine, we're out in the open. With, these are our friends, they're following Jesus as they uh, are hearing the Lord um, lead them. The other good news is that we've just done our blueprint course and we've, got, we've had the cafe packed out. There's some of the guys that I think we're going to summarily say no to. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, some of the guys, um, we, they, in fact, there's one particular, but there's a whole bunch of them that we keep saying. We keep trying to get rid of them, and they just keep turning up. It's a problem. Somehow, Vincent got the, 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 the Zoom link, and he just keeps t- coming up. And uh, Vince, um, these guys are a joy. And so stick around. Next couple of weeks, we're going to be welcoming a whole bunch of new guys into uh, membership here at GraceCove. The cool thing is they're already busy. And uh, so here, wherever you look, there's new guys serving, and uh, they didn't even wait because of COVID to get through Blueprint. We had some guys um, in the COVID process, but even now we've been able to open again. So uh, it's good. We, we, we Sometimes it's sad to say goodbye. It's happy to say hello. But remember, as long as Jesus is building His church and each one of us is following Jesus, that's the key. Good? All right. Thank you. So welcome this morning to episode of Welcome Home, and uh, everyone that's gone before me this morning has made my job so easy. It's such a delight to talk about these things, and so we've been looking at the story of the prodigal sons in Luke chapter 15. You're welcome to turn there already, uh, and we'll we'll read it together in a moment, but um, we've been asking ourselves, where do we find ourselves in relation to Jesus today? Spoiler alert. In the story, Jesus tells the younger brother runs as far from Jesus, far from the Father as he can to try and uh, find happiness. And the older brother stays in the house and works as hard as he can to find happiness. But both of them were actually far from the Father in their hearts. And I know that lockdown has caused us to shrink our circles and become more isolated from others than we ever have before. You, uh, think it through. I mean don't just yeah, yeah, nod and, and and agree with the preacher, but think it through for yourself. I've noticed, man, my Afrikaans has gone downhill through lockdown. You know, some of you guys are used to chatting Afrikaans, now just nod. You know, in Afrikaans. <laughs> yeah, it's he, still bilingual, right? Right? When it comes when we go to Lesotho, it's very easy. I always tease the, the guys, anyone can speak Lesotho because you greet and then you listen to men talking to each other. It's a number of, eh, mm-hmm, aha, eh, mm-hmm, eh, entirety, eh, mm-hmm. And it can go on for hours like that. Where are the Sutu guys here this morning? Uh, I've watched them. It's like you can have a whole, you could almost preach just in, mm mm-hmm, eh, So if you got that right, you know, hopefully you're agreeing to the same thing, because then you walk out of that conversation, you find yourself agreed to all sorts of things. You didn't know what was happening, Right. But my point is, because we're not interacting with people in a larger circle, you're not walking into a shop where there could be someone with a different language. You're not talking, you know, to people that you don't know. All of a sudden, when you bump into a stranger, you think, "Oh, how did I used to do this before COVID?" Yes, and it's just simply because we're interacting with less people. We, we, our circles have got smaller. Yeah. Even many of you guys, some of you guys online are, are happy to be at home because you're at home. And that's great. We've worked hard to make room for you. But it's because you, your circles got smaller. When you guys come to church here, yeah, they go, like, oh, yeah, remember, this is what we used to do. Remember when we used to go to movies and get on airplanes and, and I don't know, you know, walk around, get a full tan. <laughs> you know the guy who's been to the beach, right? His forehead's browner than his face, yes? Okay, anyway. And so today we're saying link in, whether you're online or in the building. We're so glad that you've turned up. But don't just be a watcher, a viewer, or an an attender. We're saying link in. Remember, we're building community here at Grace Cubs. So online, that means comments. It means Zoom life groups. It means phone a friend, text someone now. Here at Grace, it means talk to someone, share your heart. Take someone to coffee on me this morning, okay? Yeah, why don't you be generous and say, hey, uh, you know, how about we do coffee this morning? It's, you're welcome. Okay, but that's the reason we do these things so we can build community, but it's not just stopping there. It's not, we don't just want to keep me and my friends happy, we actually have room in our heart for new friends. So I'm challenging you this morning don't just build community, but be part of the mission. So if I had to ask you this morning, have you invited anyone to church this morning or this evening? I want to ask you to answer because you'll probably be embarrassed, right? But remember, you can text, you can greet, you can start building relationships, part of the mission that Jesus has called us to do. So more than a year of lockdowns later, I'm asking us, isn't it time to come on home? Come on home. It's become in business, you know, you now have greeters at the door. You know, before COVID sprayers, we had greeters at the door. You went to a fancy company and they, "Hello, sir, how are you? Welcome, Come on in." And that's all they did. I, I wonder if they were covert um, covert, not covert, covert security people. Um, but uh, I want to say this morning, man, come on, home, put your feet on the couch." I said to someone when I was in Senate sixth grade eight, uh, I was a little bit of a grumpy teenager, and I was in the, the, the library and I put my feet on the chair in front of me, and library teachers are always a certain type of teacher, right? There, yes, yeah. Everyone's judging me now, but you went to libraries as well. And this this lady said to me, Craig Mayer, what are you doing? Why well, take your feet off the chair? You don't put your feet on your parents' chairs, do you? I mean, how do you answer that question? Hey, I said, well, yes, ma'am, I do. It's like my house. Hey, at least I can put my my, my feet on my bed. You know, my parents. You know, you know what it's. Yes, you made sure it was cross because I wasn't giving you the answer. But I'm home. I want to say welcome home. Come on home this morning. If you've allowed the physical distance to become emotional distance, or for some of us it's embarrassing to turn up after being absent for so long. For some, because we've stopped fellowshipping with Jesus, it's hard to rekindle that relationship again. And maybe this morning, as you've heard the testimonies, maybe today is your day to come on Home. You don't have to hang around somewhere else. Oh, one day, you know, maybe at Christmas time, I'll come back home. No, come on home. So let's turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to read this passage together. All right, Luke chapter 15, we'll read from verse 11. It says, Jesus continues. So Jesus is telling the story uh, to illustrate a point to both the Pharisees, the religious um, conservatives, and also to the, quote, sinners, the Gentiles, those that were far from God. And he says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. I always wait for an amen there, but um, I don't know that anyone's honest enough and squandered our wealth in wild living. After, you know, how many shoes have you got? Anyway, let me move on. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So make me like a hired servant. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, Will you humor me this morning and just repeat that sentence with me? I'll lead you. While he was still a long way off. Okay, but now we're going to read it differently. For the rest of your life, when you read this passage, I want you to read it like this. While he was still a long way off. I hope you said it at home, guys. I want to know. I'm going to ask your kids but I want you, when you read that, why he was still a long way off, I think long way in his heart, but also in the distance. I, I, I've been thinking through whether I've, I've, I'm hermeneutically, whether I'm technically correct in reading this passage, because I always imagine the father standing at the gate, waiting, looking down the road. And I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us that, and it's just a parable, it's a story. But the father must have been somewhere, I know my uncle farmed, and the, the, the farmhouse was on a hill, and you could see when a bucky turned in at the gate, you could see the dust, you know, all through the fields, whether you could see the the vehicle or not, you knew someone was coming. I don't know what the father was doing, but his heart was pointed towards waiting for this boy who was still a long, lots of O's in that long, right? Yes. And I would love you, whenever you read that, you remember Craig Mayer saying to you, long way off. The father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. Verse 21 says the son said to him, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servants, not even talking to the son, "Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of man was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate." Meanwhile, the older brother was in the fields, and he, when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father goes out. The father went out of the house and pleaded with him. But this older brother said, he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes home, he squandered his property with prostitutes. You kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours." But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. I want to say to you who consider yourself born again, the members of Grace Coven and, and visitors here this morning that consider yourself sons and daughters of Jesus. I want to say to you, we need to be careful that we don't fit into the older brother category. We've got to keep our hearts open to allow the younger brothers to come home, remembering that all the brothers also need to come home too. Yes? Yeah? All right. So, so far we've had a look at, give me mine. We've asked who are we in this story. We've spoken about repentance and forgiveness. We've spoken about last week, redefining lostness and the hope we have of going home. And today we're going to look at the father's Heart. So, welcome home, episode four, the father's heart. Floyd McClung says this: He says, Don't ever resent the failings of your human parents. Tis in hockey, there are many. They are just kids that grew up and had kids. Rather rejoice in the wonderful love of your father, God. And so, this morning, we're going to have a look at, we've heard these beautiful testimonies, we're going to have a look at the love of the Father. So first, first of all, it matters what we think of the Father. Matters what we think of the Father. You know, the Bible says that what we worship, we become like. And the what I have in mind: when you think of someone, you respond to them that way, right? If a person looks dodgy to you, you, you you're going to expect them to to do you in, you know. If a person, for whatever the the, the characteristics are, looks um, decent to you. Uh, can I just say that people in collar and tires also can be criminals? It's true. You know. But what we uh, think about our Father is most important. And so they've said, never, uh, always, if you're going to mo- borrow money, borrow money from a pessimist. This is helping you guys out here. And we'll teach you in May, don't borrow money, right? But, but uh, if you're going to mo- borrow money, borrow money from a pessimist. Why? Because they never expect to get it back. So early in the morning, I suppose. Uh, I remember some years ago, a pastor friend of mine, uh, they uh, did something in the church. They embarked on a new um, uh, uh, track. That they, they, yeah, they had a new program in the church. And uh, afterwards, we were chatting, and the guy said to me, Craig, I didn't ask your opinion because I knew what you would say. Now, I won't tell you whether I was for or against or had a third opinion. But uh, isn't it interesting that when we know each other well, you can anticipate the, what the person well, think, feel, yes. You should know in me as we lead with written uh, and, and um, Wawa well, as elders, you should know that there's certain things in me. We've just spoken with the blueprint guys about what are the value systems that's part of this church. We should expect those things, right? And so why is sonship so important? Because what we think of the Father determines how we see Him. Uh, when we have a good image of the Father... We have deep security as sons. Now, ladies, just stick with me. I'll talk about sons in a moment. We have deep security, right? I still remember, (laughs) like it was yesterday, when our first child, we have two, a boy and a girl. When our first, when our boy got born, we lived close to the hospital, and uh, I remember that vividly. Um, Depending on how old you are, you were either allowed in the room or out the room or, you know, how it all worked. Some of you guys had home births and all sorts, but I remember it so clear. (laughs) And, you know, the moment Colette conceived, the moment she was pregnant with a baby, I had a son. He grew in size and he developed fingernails and, um, you know, all of that stuff that my, this dad wasn't very good at knowing along, along the way. But then one day he got born and there he was. And, you know, what? he didn't become my son over the next three years. From conception, I had a boy. I had, a, and not just a boy. I had a son. Same with my daughter. I had a daughter. Yes. And the beautiful thing is, I have deep security because I'm not in a gradual process. I'm in a process of becoming like Jesus, but not becoming His, the Father's son. That's instant. Yes, at conception. I don't become, and because of that, I never have to worry, oh, have I become a son enough for the Lord to love me or not? You know, am I going, like, have I lost points? Do I get more points or less points? Where am I on the sonship scale? No, sonship is automatic. When we are born again, we become the father's son. When we are uh, conceived, we become our parent's child. Isn't that beautiful? So sonship gives us uh, deep security. It gives us intimate access. It gives us intimate access. I mean, you can be dealing with anything and your kids kind of just think they can come into the room. Yes, you can be trying to, uh, you know, banking, balancing checkbooks, whatever it might be. The kids just think they can wander in. You know, kids think they can just make demands on your your income, on your bank account. (laughs) Hey, oh no dad, I need this. Yeah, just <laughs> you think. Now, hang on. You don't know how much I've I've gone with that, so that you can just get food on your table. and Now you need another dot dot dot, right? They just think. I mean, who told them they were they had free reign on our stuff? Well, if you have good parents, you did. You see, and so so kids think they've got intimate access. Dad, I can interrupt your phone calls. I can I can interrupt your your overtime work. I can I can squeeze in. I can yes. I can make demands, I know we're saving for dot, 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 but actually I need a new pair of running shoes, I need a new hockey stick, I need a new, I don't know, braces, you name it, you know, I need food. Kids don't wonder if they deserve, they just, they have intimate access. Not only that, but, but if we see the Father well, we also have great future hope. Great hope. What father doesn't, I'm just talking from my point of view, what father and mother, Colette's sitting there at the back, what parent doesn't long for the best for their kids? Every parent wants their kids to do better than them, right? My Bible tells me the father is beautiful. He's such a great parent, and we see it in this passage. So what we think of the father makes all the difference. But you know what? It matters what we think of sons too. matters what we think of sons too. That's why it's so shocking that Paul in the Scriptures says that we're all sons. You know, modern day language is very, we're we, we arm wrestling about uh, pronouns and we're arm wrestling whether you call the person Mr. or Mrs. or not. I remember in the olden days when, when certain ladies started calling themselves Ms. Remember the scandal went from Miss and Mrs. to Ms. And I was like, oh. But it's so important in the Bible. So the Bible speaks a lot. In Galatians chapter 3, it tells us there's no Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, you are all one in Jesus Christ. And it says um, in uh, Galatians 4, verse 4, it says, When the time had come, God sent a son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we may have the full rights of sons. And so sometimes when you read the scriptures, you may think that the ladies are left out. Full rights as sons? What about daughters? Ladies, have you ever felt, like, overlooked? I'm so glad. Some of the ladies are like, no, I'm so glad, because you've got it. If anything, as a man, you've got to wrestle with becoming part of the bride of Christ, right? (laughs) It's confusing, because we're all part of the bride, and we're all sons. And so some people, you know, (laughs) want to beat the whole whatever you know what about the woman and what about the men and we can argue for our little is- interests and issues but my point is this you can think women's rights are left out of the scriptures but it's not true because sonship has legal rights it has cultural rights it's, you, a son in those days was different to a daughter legally and culturally and so instead of trying to help everyone you know, understand a whole new concept, the Bible just says, you know what, even the girls can be sons, have the rights of sons too. We don't have to argue around definitions and who fits where. We can just say that everyone who is a child of the father gets equal rights. Isn't that cool? You see, because even, even with boys, the firstborn had different rights to the secondborn. Boys had different rights to girls. And in the the gospel, the Bible says everyone is equal before the Father. Everyone has equal access, equal rights, equal legal uh, uh, permissions with the Father. And so not only, I want to say to you this morning, not only does the Father secure us, but if I have a good understanding that... I have the rights of a son, whether I'm male or female. If I'm born again, I have the full rights of the son, which means I, th- there's nothing that, that, that I'm excluded from. I don't know. I hope not, ladies. I've tried so hard with my, with my daughter, but I hope no one's ever said to you, oh, you know, girls don't do that, or boys don't do that. You know? It's like, well, who's God created you to be? And in the Scriptures, it's like actually all of us have free rights to the Father. So let's have a look then at this father's heart, this beautiful father's heart this morning. In Luke chapter 15, verse 20, it says, So he got up and he went to his father. There he was in the pigsty. He got up and he went to his father. I want to say that even this boy, in his most desperate state, somehow remembered enough about his dad that he had something to go on. He he remembered, my dad's not a bad guy. I know I've messed up. I know I've broken my side. But you know what? My dad, even in his pain and sorrow, my dad is still the guy that I know. And he could put enough credibility in who he knew his father to be that even in his messed up state, he could go back and expect the father to treat him a certain way. And can I say to you this morning, I don't know where you are. I I don't know where you're at with the Father, where you are in relation to Jesus. I want to say to you this morning that there is nothing that you can have done. You can be in this pigsty looking at pig food, sitting in pig swill. The Father is waiting to welcome you home. And it says, while he was a long way off, his father saw him, and he ran and he kissed him. Isn't that beautiful? In 1528, it said, we read it, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. I want to remind us this morning, the father waited and the father went out. There is nowhere where you will be that the father won't wait for you to return. He won't proactively make the difference so that you can come on home. So let's look at this beautiful father's heart this morning. Number one, he is an adopting father. And we've heard that already. We've heard that beautifully, more beautifully than I can say. But I can read the scriptures. John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, To all who received him, to all who beca- who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, but born of God. You know, adoption is a legal process. Um, uh, ankara i don't mean to kind of highlight you too much, but wasn't that beautiful? She brought us into her confidence i wasn't a, i realized i wasn't a half child. I had been chosen. Can I just be a little kind of awkward for a moment? you know when when you have a child biologically, you kind of get what you get. You know, they say you can choose your friends, you can't choose your family, right? <laughs> that crazy uncle, he's going to keep turning up for Christmas, right? You got no choice. And with parents, it's the same. <laughs> yeah? I don't know if you remember from Annie when they when when they go to adopt Annie and she's hiding behind the curtain and this couple come in and they and and she's there you know saying hey she pulls out her hair from the curtain and they say oh we want a, a red hair and then curly and then this height and you know when you're chosen it's like the Lord knows let me just settle this the Lord knew who you and I were before He chose us the Bible says He chose us before He made the world even it's like. There's nothing. He hasn't got a preconception, so you're not going to let him down so much that he'll say, I'm sorry, look, let's tear up the adoption paper. He's an adopting father. The second thing is he is a, he is a father to the fatherless, and he is a defender of widows. A father to the fatherless, and a defender to, of widows. This human experience is a tough one, right? Many of you guys are in that stage of life where your parents are getting old or some of your parents have even passed away or it's that next stage of life. You're trying to figure all of these things out. It's very sad to go through these stages of life, isn't it? I want to say in each of these stages that he will be a father to you and me, a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. In the patriarchal society, widows had no rights. In fact, there was a very sure chance they could have no income, starve to death. The Bible says, but this father will look after those that everyone, society, doesn't look after. Psalm 68, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. Deuteronomy 10, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widows. Psalm 146, the Lord sustains the fatherless and the widows. And my personal favorite, Psalm 68, he sets the lonely in families. I want to say to you this morning, come on home. Don't sing that song, Lonely, I am so lonely, there is no body. Don't sing that song. Come on home. The Father is waiting. The Father will go and bring you home. The third is He's a covenant-keeping Father. He's a covenant-keeping Father. Though the mountains may be shaken and the hills removed, yet my unfailing love will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. You can bring COVID. You can bring um, economic catastrophe You can name it. We can bring sickness. We can bring all sorts of things. We can bring uh, fear, but it does not shake the covenant that God has made with me. Not that I've made with him, that he has made with me. He's a covenant-keeping father. Number four, he is a rewarding father. He's a rewarding father. Isn't that amazing? Now, we don't do stuff so that he loves us, but when we serve him well, he rewards us. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who seek Him. I want to say to you this morning that we can expect the Father to reward. We can expect His pleasure when we serve Him well. Number five, He's a prayer-answering Father. Isn't that cool? I'm just trying to remind us some of the key things about this Father today. He's a prayer-answering Father. Luke 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives; he also who seeks finds; and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Now, sometimes we pray and then God doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect, and we think the fault is with Him. <laughs> yeah, it's like looking at the sun and saying, "Actually, I'm you know I'm more eternal than the sun is." Sometimes I think there's three ways that the Lord answers our prayers: yes, no. And not in the way we think, right? I'm so glad the Lord hasn't answered all my, all of my prayers the way he, I wanted Him to. <laughs> but I know He answers my prayers for His best, for my best. The sixth one is He's a giving Father. He's a giving Father. Matthew chapter six. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or what you'll wear. The heavenly Father knows what you need. Seek His kingdom and all and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, given to you. As well. Psalm thirty seven, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Can I just help us this morning? Maybe when you're feeling like the Lord is not looking after you, maybe it's because we're looking for stuff and not for Him. You know when I delight myself in the Lord, when I remind myself how much He loves me and I love Him in return. Sometimes the things that I desire change in my heart. Yeah. Sometimes I realize, oh, that thing wasn't, God has something better for me. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Number seven, he's a forgiving and a redeeming father. 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Number eight, this is the one you've been waiting for. He is a disciplining father. (laughs) Discipline, right? Discipline? Someone had lost a whole bunch of weight and they said, gee, you're looking so good. You've lost weight. How did you do it? He said, no, push-ups. The guy says, push-ups? He says, yes. When I sit at the dinner table and I eat one plate of food, then I push up away from the table. And I go and I don't eat another plate. Friends, discipline, it says in Hebrews, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you like sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? God loves us when he disciplines us. Part of God's discipline for me is his commitment to my future and my good. You see, you don't win the Olympics by accident, right? You don't just wander onto the track and win the race, right? You discipline your life and then you get the outcome. And all I know, (laughs) when we we sit with young parents and we were them, you've got to get off the couch. You can't just shout, stop making a noise. Sometime, you know. (laughs) Don't pull that plant up. Sometimes you've got to get off the couch and you've got to go discipline your child. And the reason you do that is because you love them and you want a good future for them. Friends, can I say, the discipline of God is a good thing in your life. Work with Him, not against Him. Be pliable in His hands like soft clay, and He will make beauty in your lives. The last one is that He is a loving Father. You can say with me, John 3.16, He so loved the world that He gave His very own Son. 1 John, how great is the love of the Father that he has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. I'm hoping this morning that you've made some notes or taken some pictures of the stuff on the screen. You can go read these passages. I'm hoping next time you find yourself in a pigsty, next time you find your heart hardening and feeling far from the Lord, you can remember, hold on, what kind of father is this? What is the father's heart? And you remind yourself, he disciplines me, for my good. He loves me. He puts me in a family. I have access to him anytime I want. I don't have to make a booking with his secretary. This is the Father that we serve. Let's stand together. I do want to pause just quickly. Guys at home, even for you, as we're standing in this room, Just remember, just because you're at home, maybe it's just you and your family or just you on your own, still means you can respond to the Lord this morning. I just want to say to you this morning, maybe it's time to come home. Maybe you've been there there and thereabouts. You've you've been an attender of the Lord, but you've grown distant in your heart from Jesus. Come on home this morning. We heard such great testimonies around who the Father is this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. If you are... Far from the Father. If you in your heart have said, Lord, I don't know. And perhaps you've had a bad experience with a father figure in this life. Remember the Bible says What father would when a son asks for a piece of bread, would give him a stone? Yeah? And he says, You who are evil, how much more? This father. I want to say to you this morning. If you haven't had a great father experience, remember he is this amazing God that I've spoken about. Maybe this morning you just want to come on home and say, Lord God, I'm refusing. I'm no longer going to judge you according to human being standards. And perhaps you've been let down. Maybe even just, maybe you've equated kind of male figures with a father figure and it's hurt you in terms of God the Father. Maybe you haven't had a good father experience. And This morning, out of the truth that I've shared with you, would you come to your senses and return home? We've read the end of the story. We know how it turned out, right? The younger son thought he'd have to sneak in like a slave, and the father embraced him. And just where you're standing, you don't have to come to the front, but just where you're standing this morning, would you allow God the Father to embrace you? And to make you whole. We heard about the broken this morning as well. Would you reach to the Father and say, God, I'm sorry. I've labored under a bad image. Set me free today. Help me to love you. I felt like I, I can't just walk into your room whenever I need to. I felt far from you. Today, would you come home? Father, I pray for everyone here, the guys online, I pray that you would change our hearts, that we would know the love of God the Father, which never ends, that we would know, Lord, that you have committed yourself to certain truths that do not change that are given to us, that we would have the full rights of sons, whether we male or female, that we carry those legal rights of sons, your children, Lord. I pray for healing in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Welcome home. Share, a tea, share some tea or coffee outside in the courtyard with us. Have a great day.